in pursuit of them fulfilling their God-given talent. So I want to bring on the show tonight high school football coach, Coach William Blaylock. How you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. I can't complain at all. Good, good, man. Look, let me first just say thank you so very much for accepting my invitation. But like I was saying in my intro, I've been watching you. I've been watching the work that you've been doing. I've been watching how you have, have went up there and that, that you are shifting the culture and you're shifting the mindset of the young men. And I'm just grateful that you accepted my invitation to come on my show tonight. Man, I, I appreciate it, man. I see what you're doing. It's a positive message. And, you know, when you talked about passion, the purpose, man, it kind of struck a chord with me. You know, one of my good friends from the second grade, you know, he hit me up when I got this job, and he said, man, I remember you drawing plays when we was in the second grade. Wow. In the wow. And wow. Wow. Doing this, so it, it kind of just struck a chord with me with the title, so I was like, it's something I need to do. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gratefully, um, I'll tell you, I'm truly, truly, truly appreciate it. I got some questions, man, that I'm going to dive in tonight, but if I could, I just want to just kind of give people your your – your your bio and your background and just let them know that what you doing you did just kind of it just didn't happen overnight but there was a process that you uh had to go through so ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you to coach william blaylock senior was born and raised in tyler texas and attended the john tyler high school where he graduated in 2002. coach earned a athletic scholarship to Tulane University where he attended two years before transferring and completing his bachelor's degree in Baylor at Baylor University in 2006. Come on, sick him. Ain't that that ain't that how yeah, sick yeah, yeah, yeah. During this time, Coach was an all Big 12 performer, both on the field and in the classroom. After a brief stint with the Detroit Lions, Coach began his coaching career at West Texas A&M University, where he also earned a master's degree in education while helping the Buffs compile, compile a 23-3 overall record. Coach has, been, coach has been teaching and coaching at the high school level for the last 13 years with stops at championship programs like John Tyler, Sulphur Springs, Decaney High School right here in Spring, Texas, and now Estacado. Coach Blaylock was named the head football coach and athletic coordinator at Estacado in February of 2022. And with his wife, Kalia, help they have, with, with his wife, Kalia's help, they have answered the calling to empower the Estacado community and our students as much as possible. In his first year as the head coach, the Matadors posted a 7-5 and five record and advanced to the area road of playoffs. Coach was also given the Martin Luther King Jr. Man of Year Award by the MLK Foundation. The Blaylocks, they have three sons, Tariq, William, and Tristan, who also participate in all community service activities as well. They make it a family affair. When they go out, they go out together. It's not him going out by himself. It's not his wife going out by himself. It's not his sons going out by himself. But they make a point that when they show up, in the community, they showing up as a family. They showing up together, and I love that. At Estacado, we tell our students daily that the world is a lot bigger than just love it, and that they can achieve anything they set their minds to. So what I, I I'm, I'm, I want to dive in, but what I love about you, Coach, is that although your passion is football, your purpose is bigger than football. Your purpose is leading and teaching and guiding young people as a as not only as a football coach but as an educator. So you are just as passionate about young people's purpose when it comes to not just on the football field but in the classroom as well. Yeah, I mean, football is a great great tool to get you where you need to be. It helped me get out of top of Texas and travel all around the country playing and even to get to the highest level. But it's just that, too, you know, eventually father time is going to say you can't play no more. Right. I don't care how good you right. so, But that education and those experiences, those go with you for a lifetime, and that's what you pass on to the next generation. 
Come and on. I honestly never thought I, I thought I'd never be. A, I, I was a class in high school. Everybody knew me. And so I didn't coaching and, and mentoring young people, young ladies, young men. And I saw it. And I remember how coaches were there for me when I needed. I was playing for a Hall of Fame coach, Alan Wilson. And the, the, the mentality he taught me and, and the values that we learned, I use them as a coach, as a dad, as a husband. And it just transcends life. So football was the, the key to it. Come on. But the education and, you know, nobody else in my, no male in my family has a master's degree. So when I got one, I'm setting the tone for my sons coming behind me to, hey, you, you got to go get yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. I love that. That's that's awesome that, you know what I'm saying, you being, you know, you embracing the fact that you're the first one to get your master's degree, but you've also embracing the fact that it doesn't stop with you, that you're just the first one, you're not the last one. So I, I, that's awesome. Listen, Coach, I want to ask you a couple of questions as we dive into uh, from passion into purpose, okay? Can you take us thoroughly through, can you take us through like your early years and share with us what sparked your passion for football and not only football, but coaching? I mean, growing up in East Texas, you know, football is king, you know. Yeah. If Friday night life, like growing up in Tyler, I always wanted to play for John Tyler my whole life. My family went there. Mm -hmm. You know, I was Earl Campbell, and the, and my goddad was actually his left tackle on the team in 73, you know. And I, when Cujo started in the 90s, and I had cousins that played on those teams, great teams in 94, mm -hmm. I, I turned. Like, I, that's all I wanted to do when I got older was to be a John Tyler line. Wow. I wanted to wear my Cujo jersey with the name on the back and, you know, do all that. And I was blessed to do so. And I was in the 10th grade. I was a varsity starter. Mm -hmm. And I, I like school. I was not a fan of school. I did it so I could play football. And my put me to the side and he said, I don't care how talented you are. If you don't have the grades, you're not going to go anywhere. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah. Go to summer school, you know, but it taught me, you know, hey, it can't be just about ball. Mm -hmm. And then I was blessed to get a scholarship, being a defensive lineman at 6'1", 6'2". Um, and Tulane saw something in me and gave me an opportunity. And I went from Tyler, Texas on June 2nd, graduating high school, to living in New Orleans by Juneteenth weekend. I know that was a big change. I know that was like night and day. I mean, you went from Tyler, Texas, to New Orleans, Louisiana, the Big East. In three weeks. And, wow. you know, meeting wow. the East Coast and meeting people from South, that, you know, I never really left Texas before. Maybe mm -hmm. and those experiences and learning different cultures, you know, like taking different courses in college and seeing things that I never learned in East Texas just because we didn't travel like that. And then football taking me all over the country. I played a game in Hawaii. Never thought I would go to Hawaii. Wow. And, wow. and then, and, you know, when unfortunately when I got hurt, the biggest, best thing that happened in college was breaking my leg because mm. – that's when I realized sitting in that hospital and in that dorm that football ain't gonna be here all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you ain't playing, they don't care. You know, it's next man up college level. So wow. it, it was humbling, but at the same time, it sparked my thoughts on education. I said, okay, well, I gotta do something else because football can be taken away in an instant. And I was blessed to get an opportunity at Baylor, transfer there, got to come closer to home. Mm -hmm. Scott Morris um, and his staff for giving me opportunity. Met some lifelong friends, and that's when I started thinking about coaching. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. cubicle and sitting at a desk all day. I'm gonna go crazy, <laughs> and I start doing community service in uh -huh. FCA. Baylor had a Baylor outreach program. We go to middle schools and talk to these kids. I was like, I want to help kids. Like, what can I do? And then after I left, after I got cut from Detroit, coach called me. He said, I got a job for you. You ain't gonna make no money. You are gonna be at West Texas and M middle of nowhere, but you get your foot in the door and you get to get your master's degree. Mm -hmm. I said, well, mm -hmm. I never thought about a master's, but okay. And was blessed to go up there and coach for two years, won a conference championship. And I learned everything about an athletic program, but I saw how guys who didn't focus on their education didn't have the success after playing. Right, right, exactly. And, and it's, it's, it's sad how, you know, you see so many athletes that you know, they make a lot of money and they're in the spotlight and they're doing great and awesome things only to retire. And you see them a couple of years later and it's like they're, I don't want to say that they're broke, 
but they're not where you would think someone who played 10, 12, 15 years in the league is supposed to be, you know? And I think that it boils down to that they didn't take the education side serious. People forget how important when it comes to being a student athlete, they forget the student part. They forget the education part is the part that, that needs to be taken care of first, you know? And it's it's just wild to me how we see so many people that, you know what I'm saying? you like, wow, man, I know that this person is well off. I know this person is filthy rich and such and like, and they barely got, you know what I'm saying, two nickels to rub together. Yeah, it's just understanding and a lot of those come, a lot of those particular instances come from socioeconomic backgrounds and Mm -hmm. well if you never had money you don't know how to handle money right and right you don't know if you didn't pay attention or you didn't learn investments and finance then now you got to hire somebody to do it for you and now you got to trust that they got your best interest at heart so it's a lot that goes into it so people can get scammed and people can get you know sidetracked thinking okay i signed this money and even me being a free agent in detroit i ain't making the money free agents if anybody knows this low man on total boat. right and right. asking me for X amount of dollars or things. And I'm like, y'all don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> you know, one, I'm not figure anything. But two, y'all don't know about taxes. Y'all don't know about fees that agents got to give. Y'all don't know about lawyers and attorneys. By the time that check get to me, you know, I'm just trying to go to McDonald's a little bit and ball out. Wow. Like, oh, oh, wow. See, and that, and you see, that's the, that's the flip side that, that you don't, you know, you see the, the huge contract that people are signing and you see in the paperwork, you like, oh my God, these people are instant millionaires. Not realizing that that check, once you leave that stage from signing that contract and you turn that check over, there is a group of people that get, that take what they want, uh, take what they're owed from that check mm -hmm. and you're the last one to get what's left over even though you're the one whose name is on the check you're the one that the reason that the check is being written but you're the last one to be able to get you know what i'm saying what's left of the check yeah and i do like that now you got young players are getting a lot smarter and they got a lot more advice mm -hmm. or resources to help them save and manage their money so i like where it's mm -hmm. heading with mm -hmm. NIL deals in college you got kids that are being you know you now as you got to teach in high school about taxes and about how to do expense accounts and all this because they're gonna get to college and somebody may throw fifty to a hundred thousand dollars at them at 18. wow and, oh. and how to explain luxury tax and state taxes and depending on where you're at is different so and even some parents as a parent i as a parent of a student athlete i got to educate myself right because myself in that situation in a couple of years and i don't want to do a disservice to them because I didn't go through that. Wasn't no NIL deal. I was just happy to get a scholarship, get my dorm room, and be good. Exactly. $1,000 cost. Exactly. Exactly. Man, this is awesome. This is good. Listen, I want to, you know, you, you talked about earlier about how you, when you, you know, in three weeks, you went from a, uh, being living in Tyler, Texas, to shifting to New Orleans to from a high school, you know, graduate to now a college student. You know, and as you transition, you know, you were saying that this was your first time away from home and all these type of stuff. What are some of the challenges that you faced, especially in the beginning? You know, what I'm saying as a as a young man, first time away from home, first time doing stuff that had, you know hadn't been done. What are some of the challenges that you faced? The first thing, honestly, was missing my mama's food. Wow. Okay. Okay. That food is cold. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Is you Come on. You know exactly what it is in the house. You know exactly what it's going to be. And then yeah. I get the cafeteria food. Yeah. And yeah. Forget it. And it's okay. But you start when you're away from home. And I'm used to my mama knocking on my door every morning before she leaves to go to work so I can go to school. Mm -hmm. Now I'm on my door. Now I got to get up on my own. So mm. It, mm. You know, being self sufficient and, you know, having the, the little money she would give me every week to make sure I can make it through the weekend. Cause you know, the first weekend you go down, I want to go to French Quarter. I want to go to Bourbon Street. And you right. Realize right, exactly. Man. And so just that being, I was blessed that my best friend went with me. He was my roommate, he was an old lineman. So we kind of you know fed off each other. 
but just that being away, you 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 don't think that you would miss certain people in your life. You know, missing mm -hmm. your barber, the guy you've been going to get your haircut from since you was a kid. Now you're in college looking real rough, and there ain't nobody to cut your hair. Wow. Just wow. being it is what got me. Football yeah. helped because I was playing as a freshman, so I was always gone. I never sat in my dorm all the time. Right, right. Man, that's what's up. That's awesome. This is this is this is exactly uh, what I was hoping it would be. We gonna I'm going to keep. Uh, you know, I think that sometimes, especially as young as men, you know, we don't really realize. You know, what I'm saying what we're leaving behind to embrace what it is that we're after. You know, what I'm saying until we've actually like stepped out and gone, and you're like, uh oh, I don't have my mama's food anymore. Uh-oh, I don't have my mom wake me up no more. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, 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 it's rewarding, but at the same time, it can not only be challenging, but it can also be frightening because you're embracing something new. And sometimes, you know, men try not to show that fear, you know, but, but sometimes you have to embrace that fear in order to get over that hump or in order for you to be able to embrace what it is that that you're getting ready to step into. So this is awesome. Um, as a high school football coach, what, what values do you teach your players, your young men, not so much on the field, but once they step off the field? Because they're teenagers now, but before you know it, they're going to be a grown men. And as a coach, you hope that those things that you are instilling in them right now as teenagers that they can use as adult men. So I want to just ask you, what are some of the things that you instill in your young men today for to help them become productive men tomorrow? You know, like, in the, I'm glad you said it. Even like this season for 2023, our whole theme is talking about love. Wow. Because if I, wow. if I genuinely love you and care about you, I can't do you harm. Yeah. That yeah. love power, if it's genuine, and we got a lot of kids that grow up in toxic situations. So mm -hmm. they've never found that true love from somebody, let alone male figures and coaches. So that's our job as mentors. Yeah. And we talk about love and accountability. You got to be responsible for your actions as a man. Because whatever you do, there's a consequence or a reward for it. So you got to be careful when you make a decision and think down the line as to what's going to happen. And yeah, uh, first down, second down, third down. And like I tell them, you know, football is going to be hard. It's hot outside. It's dusty up here in West Texas. You know, mm -hmm. all this going on. But can you handle this? Because one day you're going to be a husband and that light bill is going to be due. Come on. One day you come on. Everything going to be out of eye, but you can't walk out that door. You know? Yeah. You yeah. Don't have kids looking up to you and you got to be that example and I, I have a couple of players who have children and i told one day i said you're gonna be the first man your daughter dates you know whatever mm -hmm. you what she gonna bring home right how are you gonna love girl how are you gonna be accountable to this little girl so that because in 16 17 years she's gonna bring home you exactly and exactly we we preach that talking about love and talking about caring for each other but the main thing is about being accountable are being you're supposed to be doing what's right even when other people that may be doing what's wrong because when you get out in the real world you hang out with the wrong person you're gonna end up behind bars it ain't no more detention ain't no more iss come you know, on you know, you know, starting to police themselves so we know it's kind of getting in we still got a couple that we're working on but that's mm -hmm. that's our main right now is because if I mm. love my brother, I can't do him wrong. If yeah, come on. I come on, I love it. You know, I want to ask you, is as a as a coach, as a sports coach, is it fair to say that coaches should be mentors to their players? Or, or is it or should they have the mindset of, hey, look, I'm I'm here to just be your coach. I don't want to get all in your personal life. I want to teach you the X's and the O's. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not, that's just it. So is it is it fair for me or for coaches to be labeled as mentors? I, 
think at the, anything less than the college level, I think it's a necessity if you want success and you want to build young people. Yeah, you know, come on. X's, X's and O's is cool. Wins and losses are going to come and go. I done played in the state championship game, and I done been mm -hmm. over. So I done seen both sides of it. Mm -hmm. But relationships you build, every kid's not going to college. Mm -hmm. Every kid's not going to play collegiate sports. So the, the other 95% of the kids you coach, they're going to remember how you treated them. They're going to remember if you respected them. They're going to remember if you were genuine or not. Mm -hmm. And that takes you on. Like I tell my players all the time, I may not ever come watch you play college football. Mm -hmm. But you get married, I'm going to be there. You graduate from college, I'll be there. Come on. Because that's important. And you that mentorship carries on. Like I have former players that are coaches now. And I think it's so cool when they call me and tell me they got their first job. Yeah. They do what they saw me do back in yeah. 2009. And we never talk about wins and losses. I love that that mentorship is imperative. If you know if you're not willing to mentor that kid that needs you, then to me, coaching is a ministry. Right. I'm gonna hire you in this ministry. Because you know, not to get rich. So none of us are going to make millions of dollars coaching high school football. Right. On the generation. So I think as a high school coach, you got to be a mentor. You got to build relationships. Yeah. yeah. That's that's awesome. I love that. I love it. And I think it's, I think it's vital that you said something. You know, I think that a lot of times when our young men, when they go out and they play sports, they automatically believe in that they're going to play college. I think that they automatically believe in that. You know what I'm saying? They can make it to the NFL or they can make it to the NBA or MLB and stuff like that. But and you know, you don't want to crush their dreams, but you also want to make sure that you give them reality. You also want to make sure that they are prepared for not just the NFL, not just the NBA, but for life. Because sometimes life can be harder than the NFL. Sometimes life can be harder than the NBA. So and and I'm learning that even when those that make it in the NFL and those that make it in the NBA and those that make it in Major League Baseball, they still fail a lot, you know. So they've accomplished their goal of making it to the NBA or being that 1% of making it to the NFL. But even even in the NFL, even at the cherry on top, even at the, the pinnacle of, of reaching your destiny, you still fail at life, you know. Yeah, because that's talent. You know, making it to the NFL, NBA, professional sports, you have to be talented. All those guys are talented, but you also got to be lucky a little bit. Right. And that, but if you don't have the mentality to go with that talent, you'll never reach your full potential. You know, the NFL and NBA are full of stories of guys who weren't the most talented, but they achieved great things. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever was the greatest running back ever, but the man ran for more yards than anybody in the history of the game. Mm -hmm. so, so if he wasn't the most, how did he go? Right. 15, 16 years and consistently do what he did. You know, he took care of it, but he was smart. He took care of his body. Mm -hmm. He manages, he had an overall system. Mm -hmm. And then you get guys that are supremely talented, but don't have the other end. They fall short because you got to have a balance of it. And yeah, I want kids that dream about going to college and dream about the NFL, just like I did when I was a kid. Like, you never kill a dream. But I knew for a fact that, you know, again, once a guy hurt, not everybody's going to make it. It's only 45 men on an active NFL roster. It's only 15 on the NBA roster. So that means there's a bunch of guys with jump shots working at best buy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, That's just real talk, man. That's just yeah. real talk. That's just, that's just real talk. You know, I want to ask you, Coach, coming up in your, in your coaching career, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced in becoming? I mean, you're, you're the head football coach uh, now. You know, you started, you know, at, at, at a little university, and the coach told you, hey, you're not going to make no money, but it's going to get your foot in the door. It's going to get your opportunity. You're going to learn this and that. But, but growing, coming through the ranks, you know, what challenges have you faced? And when you face those challenges, did as a man, did it cause you to probably second guess if this is what you're supposed to be doing? So basically, what I'm I'm asking is when it when when your walk went from passion to purpose, did you question the purpose based off of some of the things that you've gone through? Yeah, I tell people, you know, I'm very open. This was my 16th head coaching interview in my career. Wow. 
I've been told no 15 times. I've been a finalist. I done finished second. I've gotten every email that you can possibly get. Hey, coach, we love you, but. Oh. Okay, that's, you know, oh. like everything about you, and then you wait on that comma, and you know, that, that but. And, yeah. you, you know, winning games, you, and I, I was blessed to, you know, work for some great head coaches, win a lot of games, put kids in college. And when literally a year, the year before I got this job, I was a quick coach. I was afraid because you keep hearing no, you keep hearing no. And I, me and my wife said, I, and I, I questioned, I said, well, maybe God don't want me. Maybe I will. Mm. And, and me and my wife sat down and I was offered a position to stay at High Tower in Houston. She uh -huh. said, pray about it. And she said, give it one more year. If it don't go good this year, then maybe the Lord is telling you you need to go in another direction. I was an avid director. I love my job down there. Pray mm -hmm. with the head coach Cornelius Anthony, who's an awesome dude. Mm -hmm. Going four rounds deep in the playoffs. While we were in the playoffs, I got called to interview for a job outside of Houston during the playoffs. Wow. I'm getting ready for the team. Got to go interview on Wednesday, and then I get out get an opportunity to interview up here. Good friend of mine who's up here. I said, "Man, look, I'm not driving nine and a half hours." For some, if it ain't really what it's supposed to be, and it ended up working out, and it's amazing because I, when I left WT, I said I'd never come back to the Panhandle. Right, I, I, right. I, in here, I don't know nobody up there. It's cold. And 15 years later, guy was like, "Nope, I'm finna send you back. I got something for you." Kyle Perkins. So it's my and so my purpose, you know, my passion got me here. And like I said, I, I was at that point where I was like, "Man, no, maybe this ain't." But I, I learned something, you know, I've been reading and said, well, when you get ready to grow, you get uncomfortable because you don't fit into the surroundings that you're in anymore. God has prepared you to grow into something bigger. And I was. And what? wait, hold, hold, hold on, coach. Hold on, 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 coach, coach, wait, <laughs> coach, I need you. If you if you could, I just need you to really, really, because here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I we do I do this show Facebook Live, but I stream it on Apple, Spotify. I mean, it goes all over the nation, and I just got a feeling that what you just said, somebody needs to hear again. Somebody needs to hear that what you just said a couple of minutes ago. Can you can you just say that again? I said no. When you get ready to elevate, you get ready to grow. You're gonna get uncomfortable where you are because you don't fit there anymore. Because God is preparing you. I'm a man of faith. So I believe God is preparing you. You can't sit in that small space anymore because you don't fit. And for a lot of us, I know me personally, even when I was in Tyler back home, I was really comfortable being back home. My Come on. My sister, Come mother, on. family's there. We were and I would have never left had I not got put in a situation to be uncomfortable. And God knew I in order for me to grow, I had to leave. And so how my wife was yeah. in Fort Bend. We were black. Yeah. And it got comfortable and all of a sudden it was like I could do more. Come on. And this ain't for me. And I, I was unhappy and you know, little stuff starts irking you when you're not comfortable. And then I, I got this opportunity and they called me. And they said, what would you do if you were the head coach? And I, I answered the questions. And I came up here and I met with everybody. Mm -hmm. And they called me the job. And the, it was like a weight got lifted off me. Because everything I worked for, God said, I got you. You weren't ready in 2014 when you started interviewing. You weren't wow. ready. You still had some wow. questions. 2022, he said, all right, you done did what I need you to do. You done been through everything. Now it's time for you to grow. And this is helping me. <laughs> this is listen. I don't know who out there may be listening, and you may be feeling a little uncomfortable. You may be in a place that you say, "Man, I just don't fit here no more." Man, this just don't make no sense. I don't like this place. I don't like this air. I don't like what I'm going through. It could be that God is getting ready to uproot you. It could be that something is getting ready to shift. It could be that something is getting ready to change. It could be that right on the other side 
of you almost giving up, on you almost throwing in the towel, there's a greater purpose, there's a greater plan that God has for your life. And so many times, men, we get frustrated and we just want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. We want to say it ain't working. We want to say this, don't this. And we don't do that. I'm going back home where I feel comfortable. I'm going back to my surroundings, to where I'm familiar with. But sometimes God has a different plan. So, so in Lubbock, where you are, how many people did you know before you actually went there, before you moved there? One. I knew one guy, a guy named DJ Mann, who's the head coach at Lubbock Coronado. We worked together about 10 years ago. His wife and me actually went to high school together in Thailand, a small world. And when this job came open, he called me. He said, Big Will, you need to apply for it. And I was like, no. I said, man, and that's, again, that's when I was in that mode, like I'm not doing this no more. And I literally, on Highway 6 in Sugarland, I threw my whistle out of the window of my truck. That's how mad I was. You had literally threw purpose away. You was done with purpose. I had a red whistle. I always been having it for a couple of years. I threw it on Highway 6 in Sugarland by Fort Bend High Tower High School. I threw it out the window. That's how mad I was. That's how, how frustrated I was. You, golly. And so when he called me, he said, you need to apply for it. And I said, D, I said, man, I love you. You my brother. And I stayed at his house before I interviewed. I said, if this don't go good, if this is just a mess, I said, we're going to fight in your front yard. I said, we're going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> and a blessing and i got called back to be a finalist and then i brought my wife and my oldest son up here because my son was gonna be a senior he was comfortable at high tower mm -hmm. friends you know family in houston my wife had been in houston forever mm -hmm. like i said for the year right so she was comfortable she was good so it, it, it was you know it was a big step for all of us and you know god blessed me to be evenly yoked so i brought her up here she said, if they got an H-E-B, we can go. She said, I need an H-E-B. And the place to get my hair done, we came up here, we looked around, and, you know, they, they in community embraced us, and they're, they're believing in, in what we're trying to do. But I knew, my correction, I knew two people. One of the coaches on my staff, I coached him at West Texas a and Those were two people, I, only two people I knew in Lubbock, Texas. Wow. Wow. And, and that's what purpose does. Purpose will drop you in an unfamiliar area. Purpose will drop you somewhere that you never thought that you could be. Purpose will not only drop you, but will drop your family. And I want to ask you, you know, your family, the transition as a man that you said, you know what, I got to make this decision, but I'm not just making this decision for me. I'm making this decision for me and my family, you know. And, and so how was that transition for your family? I mean, how was that transition for your wife? For your son, like you said, your son was getting ready to go into his senior year. You know, they were leaving a lot of stuff behind. They was leaving a lot of friends and family behind to be, you know, so you, you, I, as a man, you was like, this got to work because, hey, I'm not the only one transitioning. I'm bringing my entire family with me. And So and how that, was the transition for your family? It, it was, it, it was rough, but. You know, my, my, I'm blessed. My wife believes in me. She, we sit down and we talk about dreams and we set goal boards. And this is one of the things we were trying to do. And we came up here and, and Love was actually a cool place. It reminds me of East Texas as far as the layout. It's a lot lower. You got a bunch of kids. You know, I ain't got to deal with the Beltway in 16. And yeah. And, and just getting here. And for the first three months, I was here by myself. Okay. That's my kid. Okay. Ooh, my wife had to finish the year. So I was in the house living up here, and God put me in a situation where I had family here. I was blessed to hire people in my family. So my, wow. my wife and my boys were in Houston. My brother-in-law is my defensive coordinator. My best friend is my offensive coordinator. And my dude is like my little brother that I've been knowing since he was 15 is my special teams coordinator. We lived in my house for three months till my family moved up here. So even though I was away from my family, God gave me family up here too and we were all in the same situation everybody left their wives families and so wait wait I'm, 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 wait wait so your purpose your passion to your purpose open the door for other men's purpose yep good god almighty
But when I moved, I came with a village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, I tell you, that God somebody, boy. God, that's God. Hey, man, that God is somebody. He won't only see, he not only set you up, but he set your he set your whole team up. He set your boys up. He set your brother-in-law up. He set your best friend up. He said, Oh, come on, man. And so I got here. You know, we were here for three months. My family moved up here. My mom retired. She moved up here. So so we got grandma up here. So my kids got their grandmother up here. I mean the whole family they moved to love. <laughs> based based off based off of your decision. Based off I mean, based off of your decision after you had thrown your whistle out on on Highway Six and say, I'm done with this coaching stuff. Yeah. But it's oh, oh man. Mm -hmm. Man, this is good. This is so so. Man, I'm telling. I can't even thank you enough for being on the show. Man. I really can't because we. I really and I really want men to get in the, and find their purpose because they and, and you just said it and you just explained it so clear. Sometimes you being in your purpose is bigger than you. Sometimes people, other men can't walk in their purpose until you walk in yours until you embrace yours until you fulfill yours and that's 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 the beauty of of purpose mm -hmm. that is the, the beauty of purpose i want i got i got i got a couple more questions that i wanted to ask you um real quick you know as a football coach now we know what happened with uh uh, Buffalo Bills cornerback Lamar uh, Hamlin, mm -hmm. right? Very, very scary situation. Very, very, you know. I mean, caught the. I mean, took the nation by storm. I mean, it was on live TV. I was actually watching the game that that Monday night when that happened, and I was just like, okay, he gonna get up. But then they went to commercial, and then they, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on. As a football coach, and you see. Some Something like that, and you're and you're coaching young men. What is it? Do you say to parents to give them um, not not so much the assurance, but maybe the comfort that say, "Hey, I, w I would love for my son to play football, but after seeing that, I don't know." You know, how do you talk? How do you embrace a parent that's a little iffy about allowing their son to play such a physical game after seeing something like that on live TV? Now, thanks be unto God, he made it. You know, the doctors, the trainers went out there, did CPR, this and that. Now, as of now, with training camp, he back on the field. You know what I'm saying? He back healthy. But as a coach, number one, it's, a, it's actually a two-part question. Number one, how do you address it to your players? Number two, how do you address it to the parents? To the, the players is usually easier because kids are usually gung-ho. They want to play. Right. And you teach them proper techniques. You teach them how, you know, to keep themselves as safe as possible. Football is a is a collision sport. Mm -hmm. And outside of MMA and boxing, it's probably the last of the gladiator sports. Mm -hmm. And you got big guys moving at a high rate of speed. Mm -hmm. And I always joke with my football players. I said, we got to be a little bit crazy. I said, because we put on a bunch of equipment on the back of all that equipment, it tells you that it can't prevent injury, but we put it on. We still put it on. And we strap it up. I said, because we love the game, the camaraderie, the life lessons that are built into football. Yeah. Versus, you know, coming back from injuries, you know, being mentally tough, being able to handle pressure, all oh, that's life. And then to the parents, it's a, you, you as, as a parent myself, mm -hmm. you know, and that some parents, I don't want my kid to play football. And I'm like, okay, girls soccer leads the nation in concussions. Mm. They don't have a helmet on and ain't nobody hitting them. But so if, if, it's, if, if it's meant for you to have, get hurt, I, unfortunately, it's going to happen. When right. I broke my leg, nobody hit me. I took one step and it just, that was the moment for me to break my leg in college. Nobody hit me. Nobody rolled me up. No, Nobody fell into my leg. It just was a freak accident and accidents happen. Right. But as coaches, you got to keep it as safe as possible and teach the techniques that are going to allow those kids to play fast and physical, but mm -hmm. also take care of each other. And as, as for me, it's teaching them how to practice, how to Come tackle, on. how to block, and be technicians. 
Because if you ever go watch an NFL practice, they'll go a whole practice and nobody falls. Right. Because right. they're conditioned. So if you can get your kids to that level and understand we're going to go fast, but in practice we're taking care of nobody, nobody's going to the ground. Mm-hmm. No, nobody, no, this is how we're going to do it in the tempo that we need. And to the parents, I always teach them, if your kid don't want to play football, after he can hit that first time, he'll tell you. You ain't got to take him off the field. Yeah. He'll yeah. Yeah. He don't want to play football. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. I but love I, it. Yeah, you know. I, I you know, I, I I I flirted with football in high school. I was a quarterback and I, I actually was I thought that I was pretty good and the coaches were telling me I was pretty good until I suffered a concussion. And uh, I suffered a concussion. I'll never forget I, I I suffered a concussion in Cold Spring, Texas. You know, it was some country boys that that like really, really, really like knew the game of football, had been playing football for years. And I'll never forget, you know, even this been, you know, uh, 30 some years ago, riding back home on the bus, you know what I'm saying? Just squashed down in my feet because my head was just pounding, pounding, pounding. So, so bad. And and I, I made it home and my mom just told me right then, hey, that's it. You know, football is, is that, hey. And you know what, to be honest with you, I ain't even disagree with it. I was just like, you know what, mama, you're right, you're right. You know, I'm just gonna stick to basketball and I'm gonna stick to running track and I'm just gonna have everything. Football just, you know, that's just not my sport. So. But man, I got one last question, Coach. I wanted to ask you. You know, as you, you're doing a phenomenal job now. You know, you're a high school football coach. You're doing great things in the community. You're helping these young men. Is this where it stops for you, or do you have some long-term goals that you like? You know, what I'm saying I love this, but I'm. You know, the ultimate goal is to get to this. Or are you saying, hey, I'm good where I'm at? I'm- I'm gonna go wherever God leads me, like yeah, because because I didn't plan on this. Right, right. Come on. If I follow, come on. His plan, and I'm telling where it may take me, but I know I'm blessed where I'm at. I got a great family and good community. Yeah. And my ultimate goal one day would be to be an athletic director, where then I can be the person hiring young people and mentoring coaches. You go from mentoring, mentoring grown people. I love it. I love it. Cultivating them into their and helping them with their purpose and their passion, just like people help me. Yeah. I, I believe in paying it forward. Come on. I'm blessed to be head coach now. When I meet with my staff, I, tell, I want all of them to be head coaches if that's in God's will and that's in their hearts. I want yeah. to show hopefully the right way to do it. So when they're running their own program and we all look back 15, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. it can be head coaches that started out together in love. And we can say, come on, look what God blessed us. He gave us come a little on. And now we done spread out and we impacting other people. Man, this is, uh, I love it. I love it. And that, my friend, is what From Passion to Purpose is all about. So, Coach, I want to thank you very much for joining us on the Man Cave Podcast with Coach Big. I truly, truly appreciate you. You have dropped some di- Let me tell you, you blessed me. You have truly, truly, truly blessed me because sometimes, you know what I'm saying, we, we men need to be encouraged, need to need to be motivated and, and inspired by other men. So you have definitely uh, encouraged and motivated me. And I thank you so very much for joining us tonight on the Man Cave podcast. And I'm asking you now, I want you to come back. Don't know when, but I'm asking you now to call. I, I, I want, I, I'm putting you on the spot right now, Coach. So when I reach out to you, you can't say, oh, no, uh-uh, I ain't doing that no more. I would love for you to come back and be on the show. Man, you just let, let me know, man. I got you. Hey, that's all I need to hear. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, again, Coach William Blaylock, thank you so much, Coach. You be blessed. Tell the family and everyone I say hello, man. I'll see you around. God bless you, right. sir. God bless you, too. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. hey, great. Oh, man. Coach William Blay Live, high school football coach. That was a, that was that was a great interview. Well, listen, y'all. This um before I go, before I go, I just want to do a B take, my B take before I leave tonight. You know, 
B take is is free game from Coach B that you can take and use and apply with you. We talked about passion to purpose tonight. And my my take on it is passion is the fuel that ignites your journey. Okay. Passion is the fuel that that gets you started. Uh but purpose is the compass that guides us to meaningful destinations. When we combine our fever with a clear sense of purpose, we pave the path to greatness. Don't know what your greatness is, but I want to encourage you tonight to pursue it. Listen, uh, before I go, I want to invite single moms with, son, with sons, a uh, prayer call every first and third Monday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's a prayer call that we do, a 30-minute prayer call that Coach B does every first and third Monday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time where I pray for single moms and I pray for the sons. And, and we'll be actually doing it this Monday will be the third Monday of the month. So we will be live. Look on my Facebook page, on my Instagram page, uh, uh, my TikToks, uh, uh, my Reels, and the information, the call-in, the dial-in information will be there. If you are on YouTube, make sure that you go and you like and subscribe to our YouTube page. That'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Coach B, okay? That's our show for tonight. Great, great show again. Thank you, Coach William Blaylock, for coming in and talking about uh, from passion to purpose. Listen, men, do me a favor. If you don't do anything else, please, 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 men, please, I'm asking you to please do me a favor. Do me a favor, fellas and be the man. All right, Coach B out. I'll see you next week. Peace.